Have you ever met someone or dealt with a company that said they believed in something, but their actions didn't match those values or beliefs? Well, how did you feel? Disappointed? Angry? Be fooled? <laughs> this is a question that I pose in chapter 11 of my book, Rat Race Reboot. And it applies to organizations, but it also applies to us as individuals. How do we align our values and our actions? So stick around. The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to Rat Race Reboot. I'm your host, Laura Noel, and as a certified coach and former 27-year military leader, each week I provide bite-sized mindset pivots that will help you reset your mind, reawaken your spirit, and regain your control. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Rat Race Reboot, where in this session and these segments I've been doing over the past several weeks. I've been going chapter by chapter through my book, Rat Race Reboot. And if you've missed an episode, don't worry, you can go back to ratracereboot.com and start with chapter one. You can also download a free chapter one if you just subscribe on the ratracereboot.com website. Uh, I'll get that delivered right to your email. Then you can see if this book is for you, listen to a few more episodes. And then if you want a copy of the book, you can go to Amazon and um, snag a copy. But at least this will get you started moving in the right direction toward your dreams and goals, whether it's as an individual, as a team, as an organization. And so chapter 11 is really about forming a foundation of core values and, you know, I write here in the book, your branding has to match your values. And this can be personally or as a team or organization, because if your values don't match what you're doing and what you're putting out there in the world, all of your efforts could come tumbling down rather quickly. And this is what we're talking about. So what are your values? First, you've got to determine what your values are. And I'm going to be touching on some of these key points kind of quickly, just so you have an idea of what's in this chapter and maybe some takeaways that you could start working on now, even if you don't have the book. But what are your values? Are you living your values? And this is an interesting topic that um, I learned from my mentor, Bob Proctor, the idea of praxis, being in alignment with your beliefs and your actions. And so often we can say to ourselves, you know, I believe I can do this. I believe that I can create this or manifest this in my team, in my business, in my life. But then we find our actions are taking a different route. And remember, what drives our behavior is the thinking in our subconscious mind. It's that's what's driving our habitual behavior. And those habitual behaviors are what create action. And those actions over time create a reaction, which is in terms of your results. So we want to make sure that we're not just changing behavior, but we're also changing the underlying cause of our behavior, which is our thinking in our subconscious mind. So that's why it's really important to connect with a goal that you're really 
heart-centered and connected with, and that's really important to you. But you also want to make sure that your goals and your actions are connected with your values. And so I have a really wonderful exercise that I take clients through using neuro-linguistic programming to discover what your values are. But you can do some of this on your own, some of this legwork. Finding your values, writing down, take a moment to write down 10 things that are important to you without overanalyzing it, whether it's giving back, whether it's supporting a particular cause, whether it's being honest and open. Think about the things that are important to you in relationships that you have. Those might indicate some key core values. And so these values can be the foundation of your work moving forward. So um, as you are getting cemented in your core values and discovering what those are, you want to make sure that you create habits around those values. Okay. So um, you've done all this work, you've figured out and realized what you don't want, what you do want. Now you have the clarity to move past those mental roadblocks that are standing in your way. So you've created those value-driven habits. Um, and now that helps build your credibility and trust with your clients and most importantly, with yourself. So writing down those 10 values that are con you know connected with you and who you are and who you want to be as a person, that's the foundation of this. So creating habits around those values. So I'm thinking about a person who health and wellness was a value and he created a goal around health and wellness and connected his values to that goal. And he created habits around that goal. So whenever he would go to a restaurant to order food, he would say, what would a health conscious athlete fuel his body like? And so when he would go into a restaurant, that became a habit for him that was in alignment with his values so that when he sat down and looked at the menu, he wasn't stuck in analysis paralysis and he wasn't ordering the fried foods and all the things that would kind of take away from his health and, and wellness. He would order things automatically because it was triggering things in his subconscious mind. He would order things that were in harmony with what he wanted and the values that he was ascribing to. And so that became a habit. So think about what's important to you and think about how you can create habits that align with those values and help you align and grow in that way. So I love the book, um, Atomic Habits. I tell my clients all the time about that book. It's by James Clear. And he talks about um, habit stacking. So I talk about a little bit about how you can create solid val uh, uh, habits around your values. But um, one of the ones I want to key in on is um, habit stacking. So for example, uh, and I use this example in the book, if you take the dog for a walk every morning before work, make make that time um, for yourself to kind of speak out loud your values and habits and your goal or make make it a game and name a new value habit every time you um, turn a corner or pour a cup of coffee. So we're trying to create habits around habits that we already have. So clearly, we brush our teeth every morning. So you could create a habit of 
aligning yourself with your goal and your vision without it taking any extra time. So you could be brushing your teeth and um, thinking about your goal and your vision for your life and looking at yourself in the eyes in the mirror or humming a tune that gets you connected with your goal and vision. See, that doesn't take any extra time, but what you're doing is you're creating muscle memory around habits. Um, Maybe your new goal is to be somebody who doesn't hit the snooze button in the morning. And instead you become somebody who gets up and throws on your running shoes and run five miles every day. Now, that's a big leap from couch potato to daily runner, but um, but if you can create the habit habit stacking of you, the alarm goes off, your feet hit the floor. Your alarm goes off, your feet hit the floor. You're creating new muscle memory. Um, and so it takes, experts say it takes about 21 days to create a new habit. I don't know about that. It can take longer depending on how deeply ingrained that habit is for you. But you could compress time for yourself. For example, if you hit the snooze a lot, oh, you could do 10 reps any time of the day. Set the alarm, have it go off. You're lying down in bed. The alarm goes off. You turn it off. Your feet hit the floor. Do that over and over and over again over the course of a couple of weeks every single day. And over time, that new repetition, that new habit will start to form. You're creating new neural pathways. So you don't have to do this once a day, every day for 21 days. You could really get some reps in with this new habit to create that muscle memory to make it work for you. And I I tell you all about that in the book here, but we're just kind of giving you um, an idea of some things that you could do to really lock in some new habits. So that's one of the things that you could do. Building in rewards is another way that you can solidify habits and solidify habits that align with your values, that align with your goals. So there's so much importance in doing things not by yourself, but with others, whether that's a coach or a mastermind or a group of people who are going toward a common goal. You can have some extrinsic rewards that could be really powerful. So think about the running example that I gave you. If you ran with a few friends every week and you're giving people high fives and, and you know, it might be difficult to get out of bed on a cold day or a hot summer day, but if you're high-fiving people and doing this with people along the way, that interaction, that trust, and that that touch is actually triggering the reward centers in your brain. So that high-five is creating energy behind your goal, which is helping you feel more fulfilled. It's telling your brain that this new goal is a great idea, and it builds positivity around that goal. You can also create intrinsic self-motivation. And I wholeheartedly believe in celebrating the wins. So journaling by yourself about your goal, celebrating even the smallest of wins, those things are crucial. Those rewards are motivating. It doesn't have to be a slice of chocolate cake or food. It can be. It could be as simple as good job or looking at yourself in the mirror and yay, having a happy dance. But celebrating those things are creating more value for you. And it's telling your brain that this is a good thing that you're doing. It's it's really helping you solidify that motivation within yourself to continue the path that you're on. 
Um, the last thing that I talk about is also changing how you see yourself. And this goes back to that mental conditioning I talked about in earlier chapters. If you see yourself as a negative person or see yourself as someone who's out of shape, you will continue perpetuating that feeling. Even if you win awards for writing, inspiring poetry, or finishing a marathon, um, it's nothing's going to change unless you change that internal programming. So you can use willpower to move you toward your goal, but those successes and those goal attainment activities, and when you reach those goals, it's not going to really be sustainable because you haven't changed who you are on the inside. Think about how many people go on a diet and go on a fitness regimen in the new year. And how many people slide back into old patterns and old habits? They know what to do. They have the workout plan. They have the fitness plan, the, the nutrition plan. They know what to do. They're using their willpower to get there. And then they're making progress. You think that would be motivation enough, right? But it's not. This is a key part of this. Slowly, <laughs> over time, our subconscious mind will pull us back to our set point. And that's what we believe, how we see ourselves. So this is an important part of this. In fact, I think the most important part of this is we want to change how we see ourselves. It's not enough to know more. Knowing more doesn't mean that we'll do more or accomplish more. So we want to shift who we are, how we see ourselves, and add that as a part of our um, persona. We want to journal about it. We want to start to believe this is who we are. We want to auto-suggest, practice auto-suggestion. Now, people talk about affirmations all the time. Affirmations in and of themselves do not work. It's not enough to just mumble out some words. You want to be emotionally connected with what you're talking about. And I talk about this in the book, Olympic athletes use this, the power of auto-suggestion, the power of visualization. And when they're doing it, when they're getting really connected with their, their race or whatever it is they're doing and training for, when they get emotionally connected and they're experiencing in their mind and in their imagination, their event through their five senses, they're getting emotionally connected to that. The parts of their brain that would actually be triggered when they're physically doing that thing get triggered in the brain. Your brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. This is all part of submodalities in neurolinguistic programming, right? But when they're doing that, they're self-affirming. They're they're practicing their race in their mind. That's what their brain thinks. But over time, that's who they are. That's who they become. And so you can do this for yourself in terms of who you want to be. What do you want to achieve? What are your values? How are you living them? Practice this repetition in your mind through your five senses. And before you know it, this is who you'll become. And it won't be so laborious when you're making decisions. You won't have to sit down at a restaurant and say, oh, who would this person be as an athlete? How would I order my food? It will be second nature to you. Um, 
So think about those things. This is how your brain works and the importance of repetition. And that's what chapter 11 is all about in the book, Rat Race Reboot. So I encourage you to go ahead, go to ratracereboot.com, get yourself uh, your copy. Okay, so leave a review, write comments, send me an email if you have any questions, get the book, Rat Race Reboot, so you can do this from start to finish and really get moving toward your goals and your dreams. And remember, everything is created twice, first in your imagination and then in physical form. Now, we are taking a pause. We are going to do a series of episodes all around the idea of burnout. And I'm taking all of my research and working with other colleagues in the field of organizational development and organizational psychology and we're going to be talking about many facets of burnout. What does it look like? How do we know we're in it? How do we prevent it? How do we mitigate it once we're experiencing signs of burnout? Um, can burnout be a good thing? How can we leverage that for um, positive transformation? And we're going to be talking with people who have done that. So I will send you messages as we get things rolling, but we're going to take a little pause and start another series of episodes. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful for our community. I couldn't do this without you. And I just want to wish you a wonderful, wonderful 2024 as we step into that and stay tuned for some more episodes. See you later. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.